walk on the beach on Sunday afternoon and make her feel alive. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I can change the story if you let me. Promise in the morning won't forget me. Lady, I've been missing California. I evolved from perfect, but you get me. A lot of miles getting in the way. I just wanna give you what you want. I've been thinking about you every day. I don't know if I can have that song on my podcast. I don't know if I could have this on a podcast. It's probably illegal. Okay. Code of the friend or your people, if you're listening to this, do not, do not, don't sue me. Okay. I'm no Joe Rogan. Okay. So I don't think I'm going to get sued because I don't think I have that following. (laughs) One day, one day, when I figure out exactly the blueprint behind what exactly this podcast is, okay? This is my third time trying to record this. My brain is uh, is on, on a wine hangover. On my 29th year around the sun, I finally uh, acquired a taste, a palate for wine. And I didn't go through the Pinot Grigio stage or the the uh, pers- or, no, I went through the Prosecco stage for sure. I lo- I still love champagne, but I kind of uh, I skipped over the white wine phase and I went straight to the dark red wine phase. Okay, Pinot Noir is a is a light one, but you know I could drink any of it. And um, I started, and now I completely understand what my friends would talk about when they said that they had a wine hangover because this shit is just wow. It's a different type of hangover. I would rather take a wine hangover over like a regular hangover. I don't even know if I would actually. I just hate being hungover in general. I really do. Because I sit here and I talk about like how you should take care of your brain and stuff and like psychedelics and how they help, you know, build your brain and all that, which is what we're going to be talking about. But I, and here I am just like poisoning my body. (laughs) I'm not going to judge myself, but. Quick update. We're here. Um, COVID. I mean, not COVID, Colorado, basically, I'm COVID, I'm at COVID. Um, In Colorado, COVID is flourishing, it's doing really well here. It's really growing, Um, it's really growing and and meeting a lot of new friends, and it's enjoying itself here. The cold weather just really, it it brings people inside, and COVID loves to be inside, it's very introverted, and it it loves to just hang out, And, and we're here, there's four all the four of the roommates are here, me included, so three other roommates. And, you know, one of us is not feeling too well, and she's quarantined up on the third floor. And uh, here I am down in the basement recording this. So we're hoping that, you know, things go well and uh, COVID doesn't take over our household because I don't think I could deal with that. I don't think I could deal with COVID. And I'm really, I've been, you know, everybody that's listening to this, take your fucking zinc. Okay. Also with zinc, make sure you're eating when you take zinc because you will get a stomach ache. You will get not stomach ache. You will get nauseous. Like you want to puke your brains out. Zinc, it needs to be taken. It says only with a glass of water or food, not or you need to take it with food because that shit is rough. Um, Take your zinc, take your vitamin D, take your vitamin C. Also new thing that I learned, if you take too much vitamin C, which I think I might be doing that because I take a bunch of stuff and I just started adding vitamin C, 1,000 milligrams to my stash, the the pile of 
medication, not medication, the pile of vitamins that I take every morning. Uh, yep, a thousand milligrams. If you take too much vitamin C, ascorbic acid, it will cause your tongue to be in pain. I didn't know that. Not, it doesn't even have to sit on your tongue. It's not like you're you're letting the, it's a pill. You swallow it, and if you have too much ascorbic acid in you, which is vitamin C, it causes ulcers in your mouth, and your tongue gets sore, like you burnt it on something. And I thought that I was starting to get COVID. That's not even really a symptom of COVID, but I started freaking out because I was like, why the fuck is my tongue sore? Why am I, to the point where it was like just painful. I don't know why I'm going on a rant about this, but just be careful with all this stuff that you're taking, okay? And just understand, you know, Google side effects, okay? Don't WebMD yourself, but Google side effects. Because if you say mouth ulcer in WebMD, it's going to say that you have cancer or that you have a disease of some sort. So what we're going to talk about today is neuroplasticity. It's going to be a quick, I always say it's going to be quick, but today I mean it, hopefully, that it's going to be a quick episode because it's a pretty simple, not too simple, but I'm going to make it simple, hopefully, idea that happens. It's not really an idea. It's something that happens to your brain when you do certain things that create new neural pathways like psychedelics, but also not only psychedelics, um, meditating, uh, therapy, uh, breath work, journaling, stuff like that. There's a lot of things that can cause neuroplasticity. And basically, just to sum it all up, like I said in the last episode, I said like the map uh, idea. (coughs) That's not a cough. From I got a pill lodged in my throat earlier today and I almost choked for five minutes. And then uh, here's an example of neuroplasticity. I've never had a pill lodged in my throat before. It was one of my big green pills that I take um, that has like wheatgrass and shit in it. And I took all five of them at the same time. One of them got lodged in my throat. It went sideways. And no matter how much water I put down and I, no matter how forcefully I swallowed the water, it did not move the pill. And I literally thought I was going to die, even though I could breathe. But it just felt weird. I was about to start puking it up. And then I was like, oh. There's, you know, there's a little, uh, a little new connection in my brain that happened. I'm like, Jess, why don't you take a bite of food and then it'll push it down, which is pretty simple. But when you're on a wine hangover, you don't really think that that clear. And I did it and it worked. So now next time, hopefully this never happens again because it was very uncomfortable. But whenever you get a pill lodged in your throat, just swallow something solid, swallow something solid and it'll it'll help that's that's a new synapse synapse that's a new connection in my brain that happened i'm going to try and talk about neuroplasticity you have to know that i am on a wine hangover okay it's sunday at what is it 8 p.m. and i'm downstairs doing this because i told myself that i was going to be fucking productive today and i was going to do this i wasn't going to allow the wine hangover to take over no i'm not doing that fuck you wine I love you, really. You're a great time, but fuck you. So neuroplasticity, I said the map thing where you have a bunch of, you're looking at a map, close your eyes. You're looking at a map, it's of a city. You got a lot of roads going down, right? A lot of roads going up and down and across and they're connecting to different areas of the city. Your brain is that map. Those connections are your neurons, your, your neural connections, okay? Anything that you do, blinking, closing your eyes, walking, moving your big toe, 
moving your pinky toe, moving your any toe, moving any finger, anything that you do, anything that you say, anything that you play with, that is your brain causing those connections. That is, it's firing millions of little things going on at once just to move your arm, okay? The brain is a beautiful thing and we need to take care of it by not drinking so much, okay? And not doing other stuff. And if you're going to do it, do it safely. So neuroplasticity, your brain, the map, close your eyes again. Use your, your brain to close your eyes. You have the map and all of those cars or all of the roads, some of them are blocked off. Neuroplasticity is basically opening up those roads. So now you can have a car that was just going down one road. Now is like, oh, look, another road just opened up and then it could go that way. And it creates new ways of thinking in your brain. Neuroplasticity. The word sounds weird because it sounds like it's hard plastic, but it's not hard plastic. Your brain is able to mold hypothetically, not really like not physically, but it molds with different neural pathways that are able to be connected. I'm trying to say it kind of like, you get what I'm saying. I said it before and it's a very, I mean, I'm not going to get too in depth. I was going to like talk about deep about how it works, but you've got over a hundred billion neurons in your brain. Back in the day, scientists used to think that right when your brain stopped forming or growing Physically, that's when your brain stopped. And the amount of neural connections that you had at that time in your life is the only amount that you're going to have for the rest of your life. That is untrue. We have now found that out. The scientists have found out with new imaging, brain brain imaging, I just burped, brain imaging, excuse me, where you are able to now understand that the brain can have many different connections that are new, that it has never had before, Okay. You have a 100 million billion neurons in your brain and they are all capable of connecting to another one. Isn't that amazing? Okay, it's beautiful. And I think that's what people say when they say that we only use 10% of our brains because we don't only use 10%. We have the whole brain. We're We're just not taking advantage of it. And that is what happens with psychedelics and like I said I don't know I've literally recorded this episode like five times because my brain wasn't working because the wine but I don't know if I already said this but you could do it with meditating and therapy and I think I said that already there's a lot of ways to create neuroplasticity there's a lot of ways to create new neuron or neuropathways in the brain and This is, I needed, I want to just go over neuroplasticity. Basically, the reason is because I need you guys to understand why I'm so excited about psychedelics and the whole thing behind them, the whole process behind them is the fact that they are able to create new pathways so you are able to think differently. And that's an amazing thing. Being able to think differently. There is studies going on where they have found out that with LSD and uh, well, basically psychedelics that, den- okay, let me first off explain. You have your neurons, right? Those are your nerve. Those are your brain cells. That's a brain cell is a neuron. You have the, the neuron has dendrites and dendrites are little finger-like projections. Just Google what a, a brain cell looks like or a neuron. It has little finger-like projections that can connect to other neurons 
So basically, those are the little roads. The dendrites are the little roads, so it's able to connect and create more synapses, which synapses are the little connections in between the neurons. It's able to create more of them. So they have pictures of the dendrites that are formed after taking DMT or LSD or other forms of psychedelics. It's called spinogenesis, spinogenesis or synaptogenesis. It's basically creating new dendritic spines or just say new new uh, connections. That's basically the whole thing is with the neuroplasticity. That's kind of the science behind it is for some reason, I don't, I mean, call me crazy. Call me, you know, is this a, I don't know if this is a, a fucking, what are those called? Uh, <laughs> what are those called? A conspiracy theory that psychedelics, you know, magic mushrooms and LSD just happen to be created. And when you eat them, you can't overdose on them and they could create your they could create new synapses in the brain. Call me crazy, but I think that's the universe doing something for us. You know what I mean? I think that they were there. They're put here for a reason. And I think that we are finally taking advantage of them. And when you create new neurons in the brain, you can think differently. So this is what happens when you are when you do something different. When you learn something new, you have a new uh, neuron that's created. A new, no, you have a new <laughs> new connection of your neuron that's created, okay? When you learn growing up what a cat is, when you learn that, now you every time you look at a cat, you know that that is a cat because you had a new connection in the brain that's like hey that's a cat so now you're always going to remember that that's a cat okay and people who are you know when you're just living kind of like a mundane not mundane but when you're just you're not really like creating new synapses in the brain you're not really doing anything that's new and you're just living the the normal you know cycle of life and you're just going to work and school or school work and eat fuck procreate and then go to bed and then do it all over again when you're doing the same thing over again there's not many new synapses that are happening so people that get depressed this is why this works for them or people that have ptsd it's helping those people with those brain connections or lack of connections because patients who suffer from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, they tend to have like impaired neurogenesis or neuroplasticity. Their brain cells just grow slower and are less adaptable. If you know what I mean. They and like that kind of can lead to like atrophy of the brain and a lot of people who are depressed or have these like these um these mental issues or problems so I don't want to say that they're issues because they can hopefully they could be treated with this but these psychiatric disorders a lot of people are not able to grow new connections as easy as you and I would and that is very unfortunate but that's what we're talking about with MDMA and psychedelics where hopefully and with ketamine um, they are able to, it, it kind of assists the brain of the person that has a depressive disorder or that has 
post-traumatic stress disorder or anxiety or OCD, anything that is debilitating to their day-to-day life, it's able to help their brain kind of connect in different ways and stimulate neurogenesis, stimulate new neurons to connect so they could think differently because they are stuck in a certain way of thinking that's not aiding in their evolving as a human. It's just kind of keeping them on like a low, just a low vibration. You know what I mean? So that's basically what my gum is like. Oh, you know when your gum like it's super soft? That's not, I don't like it at all. I'm not going to spit it out right now because that's gross. But your brain can adapt and adjust so much without, you don't need psychedelics. That's why I'm saying even if you use your non-dominant hand one day. It And you start doing things with your left hand instead of your right hand. If you're a righty, it creates new pathways in the brain. There's so many things. It go down when you're driving home. Get out of your little default mode network because that's where our brain goes when we're just we're driving from work to home or home to work because you're so used to doing this over and over again that your brain kind of shuts off. It doesn't need to be present anymore because it knows what it's doing. There's a synapses there that's been used over and over and over again. That's why when you're trying to do something that's new, like say when you're trying to start a diet, okay, or when you're trying to start a new workout routine, it's going to suck for a little bit But your brain is going to get used to it and you're going to create new pathways in the brain and it's going to just be like just secondhand nature to want to do that. That's what they mean by when you do something for like three weeks straight or two weeks straight, it's become second nature because you're creating new pathways in the brain where your brain doesn't need to be so distraught by doing this new thing. But sometimes it's good to be distraught. That's why people say the uncomfortable times in life create stronger beings because if you're doing something that's uncomfortable, you're creating new pathways in the brain. You're creating something that wasn't there before. And when you have new pathways and your brain's talking to itself more, the left side's talking to the right side and the the front is talking to the back and all these different like pathways are going on, you're going to think more in a sense I don't even know how to like you're it's just that's where they say you kind of like evolve your consciousness evolves because your brain is just being connected more you become more with it you you kind of like I think that's why you know I'm so prone to talking about psychedelics and stuff because I really I'm not saying that I do them and I'm not condoning the use of them I just think that they're it's an amazing thing that a lot of people who do them they kind of wake up to the fact of like, you know, this everyday, day-to-day thinking is not the only way to live. And there's new ways to live. And there's other ways where it's exciting. Life should be exciting. The brain is not something that causes excitement. It's not supposed to cause joy or, you know, evolutionary-wise I'm talking about. It's not supposed to cause you to be super happy or to cause excitement. It's only here to work as your lizard brain, to work as your primitive brain, to work as the one where you're just like, it, it's like fight or flight or, you know, that fear and anxiety because that 
part of the brain was needed back in the day when we were evolving as humans in the caveman times you needed to be able to have we still need those you still need to be able to have fight or flight you still need to be able to have a lizard brain where all it is is just fear and anxiety you need to be able to tap into that because that keeps you safe but we need to be able to take ourselves out of that and put ourselves into new ways of thinking new networks And that's basically what it is. There's a lot of stuff that I could talk about with this, but I've literally tried to record this a million times and I just go off into like a loophole and then sometimes I get lost when I'm talking about stuff. So I'm not going to do that anymore. But this is why I am so excited to talk about psychedelics and excited to educate people on this stuff and to understand that these things that people are taking that you know they use to party quote unquote there's so much medicinal purposes behind them they're just there obviously they're fun because they're flushing your brain with certain neurotransmitters and certain chemicals that you just you feel good and in the moment it puts you in the moment that's the thing is these psychedelics turn off your default mode network and your default mode network is just basically a simple it's just it's a term basically meaning like your everyday routine something that's routine that you're just used to it we need that you need to be able to have that you can't be completely like present where everything is brand new Because then you would never be able to survive. You have to be able to do the things. You have to know how to brush your teeth and wash your hair and talk to people in a certain way. You have to be able to know to drink water or do certain things that are just like secondhand nature to you. Because if your brain was, you would just be exhausted because you would just be learning new things constantly. And that's why babies, I think, need to sleep so much because their brain is just brand new and everything is brand new to them. And they're probably fucking exhausted from learning everything. Because even like, you know, there's so much stuff that's new to look at and that's why change is so great. And when you're, you're going to a new place and that's why I, I mean, I could go off into this, but I, I promote and I push people to do things that are different because it's creating new pathways and new things that are going on. And that's what psychedelics do in a sense for people that can't go to fucking Indonesia or to Bali or someplace that's brand new. They, it could just put them in a sense, it could just put them in a place where it turns off that default mode network and basically everything that they're seeing and experiencing is basically new. And a lot of people, when they say, again, I'm not saying that it was me or anybody that I know, I'm not putting names or whatever, but anybody that's done like mushrooms or LSD or MDMA, stuff like that, they are able to, in that moment, be present, be fully present. If they could get rid of their little ego that's talking to them, that's their little lizard brain that's like, oh my God, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. If you could pause that, because you know you're not going to, I'm not talking about MDMA, that's a different thing, but you're not going to overdose on LSD or or mushrooms. But an MDMA sometimes, I mean, there's, 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 studies that are happening with MDMA and I I think that's going to be my next episode because that's a big party drug that a lot of people do but we need to know the medicinal part of it and why it works and just so people can respect it more that's my whole thing is I want people to respect this stuff more because it's so powerful like it there's just so much good that can come from using this stuff what was I just talking about before? But the psychedelics, that's what I was saying. They put you in a state. I don't know if I forgot what I was talking about. What was I just talking about? 
the M I was talking about not the MDMA, but the psych oh no, you can't overdose basically. But if you can get your ego to get out of the way to be like, you know, you know, stop making me freak out and just be surrendered to it and to understand that it's here to teach you something and it's here to create new pathways and here to create new neural connections where your brain can literally grow into a different brain. It can create new just newness. It shuts off. No, that's what I was talking about. When people take the psychedelics and stuff, they do. They tend to say that like everything that they're looking at, like they look at a tree and they're just looking at it more detailed. They're looking at like you become more connected with things because you're looking at them and you have you have more of a connection to what your you know ants or like you know a tree. You just feel more connected to it and you have more of an empathetic approach toward looking at things because everything you just kind of feel like a oneness. I'm kind of getting into the spiritual part of it, but let's go. Let's move out of that for a second. <laughs> but you're feeling like everything is brand new, so that's why people that have. PTSD and depression and OCD and anxiety and all these all of these debilitating uh, disorders basically they are able to take this medicine and it is able to help them look at things in a different way it's able to help them look at their issues or to with with therapy like ketamine assisted therapy it, it's assisted therapy because the whole therapeutic part of it is that you're talking to somebody. You can't just take ketamine and expect all of your problems to go away. Could it create new pathways? Absolutely. But the whole point is it's ketamine-assisted therapy. So the therapy is being assisted by the ketamine because it's helping you shut off that part of your brain where you are stuck in this like just constant state of thinking. It shuts that off. So now you're able to think new and the therapist will sit there and try and bring up these old issues and resurface them because a lot of the times we don't understand it but the brain is just helping us when we when we keep things you know when we bottle them up bottle up issues when you're not you know if you've gone through everybody's gone through traumatic stuff a lot of people have gone through worse PTSD you know guys who have PTSD or women who have PTSD they've gone through something traumatic where your brain is taking those memories and you know kind of like digging them down deep because it wants you it, it doesn't want to resurface them because it's uncomfortable it's your ego that doesn't want to like you know you just you don't want to feel that feeling again so you you shove it down deep and that's the issue is every now and then, because you haven't resurfaced the issue, you're going to, anything that, that triggers you, that issue is going to come up with depressed people, people that are not depressed people, but people who have depression, they have a traumatic issue that's going on that they probably don't even know was traumatic. And then they, they push it down deep. A lot of people, I mean, I'm going to tell you myself, I don't remember a lot of my childhood because there's a lot of things that happened that I think my brain was trying to, it's trying to help me. It's trying to like keep me safe and protect me. So it's pushing down all those things and it's not bringing those back up. If you know, the, the I want to do ayahuasca one day and I'm sure some shit's going to pop up again, but I do feel like I mean, I don't feel, it's not feeling, it's it's legit. That's what, that's how people help with PTSD and depression and stuff like that. Ketamine-assisted therapy is the only one that's legal technically right now. 
not technically, it's the only one that's legal, um, except for Oregon and a couple places, but in America. But the whole thing is that's why it's assisted because it's just using the plant. Ketamine's not a plant, but it's using the ketamine is a drug. They're using the drug and with plant therapy, they're using the plant to help resurface these issues and bring them up. So now you can look at them in a different light. You could take the issue and turn it around and kind of look at it differently. So it shuts off your default mode network of always thinking about that one issue as just that's the way it is. And there's no other way to think about it. It helps you resurface it. So now you could look at it in a different light. And that's the whole I mean, it's a very simple way of putting it, but that's the whole science behind it. It creates just a new way for your brain to look at something. And it's just a fucking beautiful thing. And I get so hyped up about it that my my hangover is not even, I don't even feel my hangover right now because I get so excited about this stuff. And it's just, there's so much that's going on with this, like the psychotherapy and it's, there's, it's like, it's the fucking future. And that's why I needed to go over it because when I start talking about the MDMA therapy and the, and you know, I just, I want people just to respect it, like respect this shit. This is not even, even cannabis people are smoking. I mean, cannabis was, was brought, you know, the, the indigenous people brought up cannabis because it was a way it was a, it was a medicine. All of this stuff is medicinal. You know, it is nice that we can take these things and have fun with them and we could go to like music festivals and it is a beautiful thing because, you know, it's your brain is basically when you take MDMA or ecstasy and you're going to a music festival, your brain is being flooded with serotonin and dopamine and it's just like your feet, it's just that feel good and everything feels good and just like that you're you're looking at like lights differently and everything is just brand new and you have more of a, uh, you have more of a sense that you want to talk to people and connect with people. I mean, this shit is beautiful, okay? This stuff is happening for a reason. This stuff is put on this planet for a reason. Okay, we need to start looking at it and respecting it and taking this shit as just like it's medicine. It's not just something to to take and like just fucking go crazy on it. And a lot of people that are and I I don't only want to like talk about in a sense where like I, I respect people that are sober and I respect people that I mean, I respect the shit out of them way more than anybody else. And I respect the fact that they can. They, they decided to go throughout life because something happened or that's just the way that they're, they want to have their lifestyle where something happened in the past or they just want to be healthy and they don't need to take anything and they could cause neuroplasticity. I mean, first off, they have nothing that's clouding them mentally, which is amazing. That's a beautiful thing. They are always completely fresh right here, right now, present. Do they have, you know, obviously that's that's a whole nother thing, but I respect them because they are able to create neuroplasticity by doing, I know a couple people that are sober that do it by meditation and by journaling and by, by therapy and they, the breath work, all this stuff that I said, doing different yoga, doing different things for the body. Even though it's happening to you physically, you're still building your brain in different ways. It's doing anything that just puts you in the present moment. 
So you could just like, it just kind of clears your mind and you're able to like create little new synapses where it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Meditation is amazing. I mean, it's all this shit has been around forever. Obviously, we're not just talking about it to be a cliche just to talk about it. This shit works. And people, you know, if meditation's not your thing, I highly suggest that you make it your thing. And I know how hard it is because trust me, you were talking to a human that could not sit still ever. And the fact that I can sit, I could now sit down. And if I start having thoughts that I don't like, I am able to pause and literally erase those thoughts or just completely understand and like I'm looking at the thoughts and then I watch them go away I'm like okay I understand that you're here for a reason probably because I'm hungover on wine and I'm just gonna have you like sit here for a second do your thing and then go away that is the result of working on meditation a lot I still want to do it way more than I do it now but that's what it is I told myself that I was just this was gonna be a quick episode but that's basically what it is kind of I just go on my rants so that's neuroplasticity do I have anything else that I want to talk about with it um I'm not going to get into all that but just understand that like you are programmed okay you're programmed from the moment that you were born and whatever your parents did whatever they taught you whatever they said to you everything is programmed especially the first seven years of your life those are huge because you are just a sponge for anything that's going on you are a sponge and you learn everything and you learn certain behaviors and you know even in your adult life if there's traumas in the past or traumas now you are programmed in a certain way to think and feel and expect and assume and do and judge and do all these things because you're just programmed that way but we have to understand that we can take that computer program and change it it doesn't, you don't, you could, you could be the coder, quote on, you know, whatever. You're the code, you're the coder of your brain. You are able to change the way it is coded and the way that the program is running. And that's what neuroplasticity is. Okay. That is my TED talk. Thank you for coming to it. I love you guys. I am now going to start talking about the fun stuff, which I think is fun, but MDMA and all of the, I'm not talking about fun I'm not saying to go do it. I'm talking about I get excited when I find out how it works on the brain and what it does and how, you know, I'm just going to get into like, you know, what it does to you physically and mentally and how it makes you feel and, you know, how it works by changing the way you think and all this stuff. So I love you guys. I will see you on the next episode or talk to you, talk to myself on the next episode because you guys aren't here physically. Um... And that's it. I hope you have a beautiful day. Stay safe because, you know, Corona is just a needy bitch. Okay. Corona is a needy bitch and she is just fucking, she's just there. She's just, she's there all the time and she's just, she's not going away right now. So just, you know, stay away from her. Wear a mask. Okay. It's not that hard. Okay. I'm not even going to get into it because I'm not getting into politics and shit like that, but it's not that hard to wear a mask. Okay. I do it all the time. Okay? I'm telling you, it's not that hard. Just wear a fucking mask and wash your fucking hands. It's not that hard. And wash your phone. 
disinfect stuff that's all around you, okay? Your phone is probably the most disgusting thing ever. I literally take an alcohol swab and I wipe my phone down every single day because that shit is gross. Wipe down your water bottles, wipe down your iPad, wipe down your your MacBook or your laptop or whatever you're using, wipe down your doorknobs. Just do just be smart about it. Wipe down your keys. Wipe down your your fucking your steering wheel. I mean, we're all adults. Just fucking wipe your shit down and don't cough into your hand and then touch something. Don't be stupid. Wear a fucking mask. It's just a big fucking huge deadly flu that's going on and it just needs to be fucking controlled, okay? And this vaccine, I don't even know. I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm not taking the vaccine, but okay. Um, I love you guys. Have a great day. Stay safe and I'll talk.